Hello. Just before we begin this week's podcast, I have some amazing news for you. I'm going to be visiting Canada later this year, the last week of October and the first week of November. Dates are still being confirmed, so this is a notification to save the dates if you like. The really big news is I'm doing a very special show called Somewhere Along the Way, An Evening with Dan Mullins. It's on the Auburn stage at the Grand Theatre in London, Ontario. It's Thursday, October 27, and I'll give you the details again in a moment if you don't have a pen. The show is called Somewhere Along the Way, An Evening with Dan Mullins, a two-hour show, stories of the Camino, glimpses of life as a pilgrim, stories from 300 Camino podcasts, lots of songs, you'll be singing, you'll laugh, you'll cry... And you'll remember the Camino and it'll be like we're all on the Camino again. It's really the living, breathing spirit of the Camino in a two-hour stage show with me. Somewhere along the way, an evening with Dan Mullins at the Grand Theatre in London, Ontario, Thursday, October 27. And if we sell enough tickets, we might do Friday night as well. Tickets go on sale soon. I'll let you know in the coming weeks how to get them. This is just to let you know, to save the date, I'm coming to Canada. And you should too. In the meantime, here's this week's podcast. Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins, and I'm delighted that you've chosen to join me for yet another week. A very special shout out to my Patreon sponsors. You can sponsor the podcast by visiting patreon.com forward slash Dan Mullins. This is a podcast about El Camino de Santiago, or the way of St. James. El Camino is a series of walks across Europe, and the pilgrims aim to arrive in the Spanish city of Santiago de Compostela, where, we're told... The remains of Christ's Apostle St. James are in a silver casket beneath the cathedral in the town square. In my almost 300 interviews, pilgrims talk about their experience, their renewal, their Camino. I'm no expert. I'm simply a conduit for others to tell their stories. The Camino comes to me in different ways. There are little glimpses all the time. I was showing my son's girlfriend my late father's prayer book the other day. It was given to his father by his mother, So I would imagine it would have been around 100 years ago, at the very least in the 1930s. And it was falling apart when the prayer book was given to me after my father died in 2014. So I had it repaired. And it's just the most wonderful reminder of a wonderful man, a wonderful life, in a little book that can fit in the palm of your hand. And as I pull the little book out of the pouch I keep it in, it immediately took me back to the pews of the cathedral in Santiago. I could see the hand of the woman who reached across to comfort me as I wept during the pilgrim's mass, holding my father and grandfather's prayer book in my hands. And the other Camino flash recently was explaining the story of the Camino while introducing my song somewhere along the way at a recent gig. A very noisy pub, it's packed full of people, everyone drinking beer and going crazy. And everyone paused for this brief moment to hear me tell the story. Some had heard it before, but others hadn't. And two pilgrims, Shane Oldfield and his wife, Sebe, were in the crowd. I dedicated the song to them. 
and one of the other members of the audience caught some of the audio. of joy emanating from our time on the Camino. I can't wait to go back. Reflecting on Camino's past and how to make the most of what we've learned about ourselves is one of the challenges of being a pilgrim. If you're really honest, you'll know, like me, that you drift from your best self from time to time. Perhaps like me, it's often. But the Camino and yellow arrows we notice in life draw us back to the path we ought to be walking. It reminds us we can do better and be better. But it takes an inner reflection that is not always as easy as it seems. We need to remind ourselves we undertook a great adventure, a quest. And to truly make the most of it, we need to continue to reflect on the lessons we learned. Walter Anderson, the Baltic German folklorist, said, It's only when we take chances when our lives improve. The initial and the most difficult risk that we need to take is to become honest. Amen. My guest this week is an Australian pilgrim who is on the Camino del Norte right now. Jacqueline Donoghue wrote to me recently with a true joy in her writing. Here was someone who was dying to tell the world of the joys of the Camino. End of pilgrimage. Jack's on the line from Catavado on the Camino del Norte. Welcome, pilgrim. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. And I cannot believe that I'm sitting here in the hotel room listening to your sweet dulcet tones. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's the magic of the Camino. Anything can happen on any given day. Just you just don't know. Yeah, yeah. Let's start with a question many pilgrims ask one another, Jackie. Why did you walk the Camino de Santiago? Oh, look, Dan, for lots of reasons. I I heard about the Camino um, about probably 14, 15 years ago. And I I was at a time in my life where just a bit unsettled, nothing sort of seemed to be going right. And I think my husband sensed this as well. And I said, Dale, I just think I, I need to get away. You know, you're a mother, you're a, a wife, you're a daughter, a sister, a friend, a worker. And I'd never really taken the time out for me and just felt, hey, I really, really, it just appealed to me. There was something mysterious about it. And I thought, I want to do this. So within three weeks, I had my backpack sorted and I was away wow. off to um, the Camino um, Frances. And it changed my life forever. Absolutely changed my life. I mentioned you're on the Norte. You just finished the Primitivo. Tell us about that journey. It's not very well known and not very busy, I I imagine. Yeah, well, I actually started in Arun with, um, I I had my intentions were to do the whole Norte because I wanted to do a, a Camino that wasn't as busy 
because of Frances, I have done it twice now. And, and I sort of thought I'd heard sort of on the grapevine that because of COVID, it was pretty crazy. So I thought, oh, look, I'll cho- choose the Norte. The Norte was ridiculously out of control. Um, it, it, it was quite unsettling because there was the albergues were full. A lot of the um, the council albergues have closed down since COVID. So there's nowhere to stay and it was also peak season for the Spanish so all the little cheap hotels were gone there were pilgrims sleeping on the um in the parks in the woods on the beaches and I just didn't you know a few nights I was living in a staying in hostels you know with people off the streets and and look it 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 was just unsettling for me. So I just said to my husband, look, I'm not feeling the what I wanted out of the Camino. So I did a pivot and went to the Primitivo and um, it, it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Very, very hard, very hard. I, I think in terms of the four Caminos I've done, um, in terms of like hills and whatnot, it, it was very, very difficult, but I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I think um, that's probably my favourite oh. Camino. Yeah, it was yeah. beautiful. The, the the scenery was to die for. It was beautiful, and and all you know, the the people throughout are just so welcoming to pilgrims. It was great. But but now I've pivoted back to the the Norte because Tim was working in Australia and he meted me in Hihon. So now we're traveling back down on the Norte. And how busy is it now on the Norte? Still crazy? It's look, we, yesterday, Tim and I only saw one pilgrim and that was in the supermarket in the morning. Um, but look, we have chosen, we didn't want the stress of that albergo craziness. Um, apparently, albergues are still pretty chockers, but we're just sort of choosing little hotels now just for our privacy. And and um, Tim sort of um, prefers the little hotels as well. So we're doing a little hotel. We're doing a little posh, a little posh <laughs> naughty. Good um, for you. How lovely. How fantastic. <laughs> I know. So... Jackie, would you say it's more expensive this time around than it was in years pre-COVID? Oh, yeah. I have noticed a big difference. It's funny you say that. Um, All the pilgrim mills have definitely gone up. Hmm. The cost of the albergues have gone up. Some are around the 25, 30 mark. And, yeah, the uh, pilgrim mills are around, I know, 20 euro. Right. Yeah. The menu of the day, yeah. A lot of things are still the same, but I have noticed that there is a creep up in price, and I think that's probably worldwide with what's going on with COVID. Everywhere you go, there's you're seeing prices increase, and even on the news last night, we were, you know, we were just sort of watching it from the bar, and and there was a discussion on the increase of prices of you know bread, milk. All those sorts of things. So the things that are happening in Australia are happening here as well. So I think you know everyone's just out to, you know, make a dollar, and I I get that. And as you know, I still think it's relatively cheap to travel in Spain on the Camino. That is a that is an outstanding answer because even here uh, in Australia, simple things. A lettuce is now twelve dollars. Is 
and it's crazy, right? So yeah, I mean, yeah. everybody they've they've got to put a meal on the table. It costs them more than it's going to cost you more. Then it only it only serves exactly. to reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, let's cast our mind back to that day when you decided, Jackie, that you were going to go, and then you decided after coming home that I'm going to I'm going to go back. We live in Australia. It's yeah. a beautiful country. Everything you could possibly want at your fingertips. Why did you seek simplicity and and a simple lifestyle of simply getting up and walking each day and staying in these cheap hotels? Oh, the Camino is just set up in a way that it it's just not the same as Australia. You cannot you cannot sort of walk all day and find the hotels at, at your stops mm. um, like you would in Spain. And I think that too there's this spirit of place and there's a it's it's not a it's not a holiness because I, I you know I was brought up Catholic and I have a faith but you know it's sort of lost along the way in my life. Um, there's a real goodness to the trail. You don't get idiots on the Camino. You don't you don't get um, this it's not like the party scene it's just a good people wanting a good walk there's good there's goodwill everywhere you go i think the camino brings out the best in everybody that does it everyone's helpful and it's just a beautiful way of of being mm. and i think sometimes in life we're so busy and we get so bogged down with all our, you know, crap that we deal with and work and, and all the dramas. Over here, you can just walk and forget. And you know that there's going to be a little coffee shop there with a little cafe con leche in the morning. You know at night time there will be a little nice little um, meal at an albergue, a, a community of people and with like-minded values and I love that. Mm. I absolutely love that simplicity. I don't think that that is offered in Australia, so to speak, and you mm. don't get the culture and, and, and the history of place yeah. like you do here. It's very old. Yeah, yeah. I go right back to one of my very first interviews, uh, speaking with Rebecca Scott, the author who's written a couple of books about the Camino and lives in Moratinos uh, in a little place, yes. a little pueblo there called Peaceable Kingdom. And she said yes. to me once, I said, why, what makes it so special? You know, is it some sort of spiritual thing or something? She said, oh, there's a juju out there. There is absolutely a juju. And I've, I've listened to Rebecca quite a few times and I, I thoroughly enjoyed when you spoke to her. Yeah. And I think that's a great word for it, juju. Yeah, yeah. There's something about it. I don't, I don't know what it is. Yeah. I, I can feel it, but you try to explain it to people and you can, you know, as you say many times, you can see their eyes roll. And it was, I think Tim captured it yesterday or the day before because it was raining all day and we just picked up the most beautiful tortilla and bread and we just ripped it open and sat on under this sort of old house and we ate it with water and an orange and Tim said, that was the best sandwich I've ever eaten. And he said... <laughs> 
he said, look where we are. Like, he goes, and no one, unless you've done the Camino, you don't understand that. No. You don't understand it. We go to expensive restaurants. We have pay all this money for meals and great wine, but we can sit under this old decrepit house <laughs> on the side of the road and eat a three-euro sandwich, <laughs> and it is pure joy. And I think that's what the Camino does. It simplifies your life. It just simplifies yourself, and it brings out the best you know, and sometimes, you know, it's very challenging. So you, it, it can be the worst, but it really tests you. And I love that. That's what I love about it. Yeah. Can you imagine that there will a day will come when you're tired of it? No. And it's interesting you say that because we were, you know, there's lots of, we recently bought a new house and it needs a lot of work done to it. And, um, I've sort of put it off because I knew the Camino was coming up, you know, post-COVID. We've been waiting for a while to do this Norte route. Um, but I'm having a little rest just for a little while, just to do bits and bobs around the house. But I think, um, you know, we'll give it a few years and then I definitely want to do the whole Primitivo again with Tim. Mm. And I would love to see the day, you know, if, if I'm blessed with grandkids and I'm crossing my fingers, um, you know, to say to the kids, hey, look, I'm taking, you know, little um, whoever on a Camino with me. I think that'd be amazing. Just to just and and to give. I found it later in life. I only wish that I'd found it earlier. Mm. I think I would have been a different karma person because I'm definitely a different person now than what I was when I first left. I would think I was a bit of a, a complicated, worry, worried mess. But now I, I I, probably let things roll off me a little easier than what they have done in the past. Fabulous. Well, what a wonderful discovery that is. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. What, what a blessing. Yeah, what a blessing. There's no Cruz de Ferro on the Primitivo or Norte. How are you commemorating this Camino, if you like? Um, Jackie, what's your special dedication? Uh, I think my dedication this time, and I don't, I don't want to get too emotional or sentimental, but on the 15th of um, April this year, um, Tim, my husband, was on the side of the road having a heart attack. And a bit of Camino magic that morning meant that I was at home rather than on my morning walk. And if I hadn't have been able to get to him and sort of organise ambulances and, and whatnot, he wouldn't be here. And I think I've just, every day has been just a gratitude of thank you that my husband is still here because it, it would have been such a different world if he had not have been. So that's what I'm sort of walking for this time, Dan, just oh, a thank you. My God. So every day, yeah, every day, is, um, every day is joyous. And the fact that Tim is now walking with me, I think in four days he's walked 133 kilometres is amazing. He's doing a very good job. I'm looking at I'm making sure, though, he, you know, he... He takes care of himself, but 
after his surgery, he's he's fine, but he he had a massive blockage in his heart, so he, he's done very well. We're all really proud of him. Fabulous. He's a good man. Wow. Yeah. What a blessing. Oh my gosh. Every moment yeah. then is a blessing, is a gift. Every second. Every every, yeah, every single yeah, every second, and you know, it's 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 been an amazing you know, nearly month that I've been away. We've still got a little bit to go, but it's, you know, I'm very, very grateful. I'll bet you are. So, yeah. the two France says that you walked. Have you always walked with Tim? Yeah. Tim, or did you do those alone? And then and out of the four you've done, how, how many have you walked alone and how many have you walked with Tim? So I walked by myself once and I came back and didn't stop talking about it. And Tim's like, oh my God, okay, I'll do one with you. So I didn't want to sort of have, oh, I've been there. This is what happened last time. So we we chose the Portuguese route, which was spectacular. That was beautiful, unbelievable. So we did that together. And then I still had the the FOMO feeling that I'd missed it because I started in Leon the first time and I had FOMO like, oh, my God, what was before Leon? Like it sounded so amazing on a to do it so Tim said for goodness sake go and do the whole thing again and I'll meet you in Leon so but then when so he so he's done the Portuguese he's done half of the um the Frances and now he's finishing up with me on the Norte so this one's the casserole Camino we call it it's a bit of everything <laughs> because after after because what we're going to do, we're um, we're going up to um, Lisbon, and we're going to start hiking down to Portugal as well. So then it'll be I'll be doing the four Caminos in on the one trip. So, but we have we've hiked from Porto to um, Santiago. So we'll start up at Lisbon and walk down where we haven't been. So that'll be really beautiful too. How gorgeous! How absolutely delightful! Yeah. So. Is it easy walking with your partner? If somebody's listening to this and they're maybe 50-50 about asking their husband or their wife or their boyfriend or their girlfriend or whatever, uh, their partner, to walk with them, yeah. is it easy going? Uh, yes. <laughs> no, it's good. Like I walk for three weeks by myself and I'm perfectly happy to walk by myself. Yeah. And this has been a totally different Camino because normally I've fallen in with friends or or family, um, you know, your, your pilgrim family. But I've just been really happy just to to do it on my own this time. I haven't felt the need um, for lots of discussion. It's just been nice to have my own thoughts, and I haven't even really been listening to music. It's just the just the nature and and your footsteps on the stones, but um, I love walking with Tim. Um, he, do, you know, it, it's sometimes you just got to let things go sometimes because it's like he'll say, "We're going to go this way," and I'm like, "Oh, darling, I want to go that way." Oh no, this is the way. This is the way. <laughs> so you just got to sometimes let things roll. Um, Tim is very very um, caring, and I just you know. He, I think, you know, the other day I said to him, Dave, forget that I've done this for three weeks by myself, but he loves packing my backpack, putting everything in and, you know, doing it all up and putting it on my back. And he's very caring like that. Um, 
but you know, a lot of the times we'll we'll walk for two hours and not say a word. He'll just be up a little bit in front of me, and I'm like, "You're right, darling." He's like, "Yep, I'm right." And it's just, I think, with work, he's so busy as well. It's nice to give him that little bit of space. When we first started walking together, um, you know, because I've always chatted to so many people, it was like you didn't stop talking. I felt quite upset that he wouldn't talk to me like the other pilgrims did but um soon came to understand that you know he likes his time too so for someone that's so busy I just sort of let him go a little bit as well and have his own time but um no I love walking with Tim we 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 walk well together we do we just it's nice that's so great and I, and I encourage it I encourage it to other people to yeah. um, to do it as well. Yeah, how lovely. Good on you. Good on you. Congratulations. I think it's fabulous. I really do. Um, so I want to talk some nuts and bolts because you, I saw a little video that you made. You were taking us around or taking the viewer around uh, the alberga that you were staying in. It was quite interesting, yeah. actually. It, it was really good insight. Um, I love the sound of the alberga. It just sounded so good. But tell us about your. I know. I know. Tell us about your towel. That's not a towel. Oh, okay. Oh, the the that's actually um, my mum. She's a classic. We always give her. You know, there's four daughters in our family. We always give her presents, but she never uses them. We always kept for good. Anyway, so before <laughs> before my first before my first Camino, I went um, to say goodbye to mum. And um, I said, oh, that's a nice sort of big scarf. She's like, oh, darling, you can have it. You can have it. I, I later found out that my sister had just given it to her for a, a present. Um, anyway, this long sort of cotton scarf is uh, a, a modesty sort of um, garment when you hop out of the shower. It's a – if you sort of sometimes get a smelly pillow in an albergue, um, it's good to sort of drape over the pillow. It's a hammock that carries little food, my food for the day on the tied to the back of my backpack. Mm. If it's hot, it's like a um, Arabian scarf draped over my head. Um, it's a beach towel. It's a towel. It's a picnic blanket. <laughs> um, so it, it gets lots of uses. It's probably one of the best things I always take it on the Camino all the time. You know, I do exactly the same thing. So what do you take? I take a, it's a scarf. I guess it's about three feet by two feet. Maybe, yes, maybe, yeah. And it's a very nice, it's good quality cotton. And I took mm -hmm. it for the same thing, the Arabian night look in 2016. Because yeah. I knew when on the Masetta. Yeah. I would need to wrap my head. I'm very, very fair-skinned. I would need to wrap my face. And on the very first night in Madrid, I left my little, uh, you know, hiking towel that I bought from Kathmandu or somewhere. I left it behind. Yeah. So this thing became my yeah. my towel. Became again, yeah, the same thing. I wrapped up food if if yeah. I couldn't, didn't want to put the food in my backpack and. I've taken yeah. it everywhere and I will take it on the Camino again. It's absolutely fantastic. It's such a great idea. You mentioned at the, at the top of the interview, Jackie, that uh, you were a mother and a, a wife and a sister and an auntie and, a, and a, a, an employee and you never really found your own identity. 
What's it yes. like now? And is that extra identity now, is that the life of a pilgrim? Oh, absolutely. Um, Tim, Tim and I live pretty simple lives. Um, you know, it, it's I'm so far less complicated than what I used to be. I haven't changed. I still like to be in control. Um, I'm still very organised. I, I don't like surprises. I like to know what's going on, but I'm I'm happy um, with a simple meal, a, um, a beautiful walk. I don't know. It's just I, I think I'm a nicer person, Dan. I think I'm a lot gentler and calmer and less stressed out. Um, and and I do. Every single day I go for my walk and I say to Tim, I'm off on my Camino now. Every day is a Camino to me. Yeah. Every single day of my life is a Camino. And I probably think, oh, that's a bit weird. But unless you've done the Caminos and, and the pilgrimage, I don't think you can fully understand the context of what, what that is. I just think it's in about the way you are with other people, um, your caringness. Um, I, I work in an environment where I'm seeing lots of tourists all the time. And I know, I haven't said to Tim the other day, after this walk, I'm going to be even nicer to them because it is hard being a tourist sometimes. Do you know what I mean? And I've had so much care and love that I want you want to give it back. You just mm-hmm. want to be a nicer person. I think that's what the Camino does. What's the difference between a pilgrim and a tourist? Mm. A pilgrim expects nothing. I think a tourist expects something. Mm. Mm, Great answer. And in saying that, I'm in saying that as, for example, you know, in in Australia, you know, you go on holiday. You you say, oh, we're going to go to Noosa. You pack for Noosa. Or your special clothes, your pretty outfits, your bit of makeup, you put it in your pack and or in your suitcase and all your nice things and you pretty much know where you're going to go for dinner at night, what you're going to do during the day. On the Camino, you do not know what you're going to get. So you expect nothing because you don't know what you're going to get. And you could get an amazing surprise and that's what I love about it. Every day is so different. Whereas a holiday in Noosa is like the same as the one you had last year. But I've been, this is my fourth Camino now and every single one has been so, so different in so many ways. And that's what I love about it. And I think that's what pilgrimage is too. It's just that um, little bit of humbleness of spirit and you just, you just take what, what comes and that's how it is. That's a great answer for somebody who was really challenged with that question because you didn't expect it. So that was a great answer, a fabulous answer. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, we talked about uh, Juju. Are you a religious person, Jackie? Uh, is, is religion been big in your life? And does the religious aspect of the Camino resonate with you? Um, look, Dan, like yourself, I went to um, a Catholic school um, you know, with the 
with the nuns. Um, you had the priests. Um, and, you know, up until, um, you know, when we were little, we'd go to Mass every single Sunday. And then perhaps as we got, got older and it had a little part-time jobs, um, it became less frequent. Um, but the, the first... The first pilgrimage I, I did, I came back and I must admit it renewed my um, faith in that in religion, mm. not necessarily Catholicism, because I have been a bit d- disillusioned by what's gone on yeah. um, in the church. But I I sort of believe in religion in a sense that a long long time ago there was this guy that did some really good things in a time of badness and the good things just outshone and were so different from the bad stuff that was going on that someone documented that and that that story just sort of um, became bigger and bigger over time and I, I think I like the thought that there was one guy doing lots of good things and spreading his light. And if I can do the same, then that's a good thing too. And that's that's the way I sort of see religion now. So I do wear a little crucifix cross because it reminds me, hey, be a good person, not really, hey, be a religious person, but just be a good person because I think that that crucifix cross represents a good guy and I want to be like that good guy as best, as much as I can. I'm not perfect at all, like I slip all the time, but just it's good to look down at your wrist and go, no, come on, you know, pick your game up, Jack. And I think that's what the Caminos have done for me. It's made me a bit of a nicer person, more understanding, less judgmental. And we have, um, Tim and myself and a very good friend, Mark, we have a word and we like to be authentic. And if if you've got to be authentic because then you're not, you're cheating yourself. Because if you're not authentic and you don't be real, um, you're shortchanging yourself and you're getting yourself into a lot of trouble. That's because you've got to cover up the stuff that's not authentic and that's hard work. So you may as well just be yourself. And I often think of it as throwing a stone into the middle of the lake and the ripples coming out. Um, If you are genuine and authentic, as you say, then it yeah. impacts on those around you, um, your children. Absolutely. And, and, and not only your children, but your children's friends and partners or, and your brothers and sisters, your own siblings, your, your, your relatives. What have they made of, of Jackie and Tim the Pilgrims, your family and friends? You know, I had a beautiful little, um, it was yesterday we got a, beautiful message from Ali just saying hey you know mum and dad I love you so much I'm just so glad you're so happy and and it's just so good to see and then not long after Ted rang just to say I'm so ha-, you know I'm so happy that you're both happy mm-hmm. and I think 
they're happy that their parents are in a good place. Yeah. And, you know, you get little comments from their friends. So I do think that's a beautiful metaphor that you said about the rippling effect because you hope that you do. You hope that you hope that that does happen. Yeah. You know, it's, we haven't got a perfect life. You know, we go home and we have our family dramas and fights and squabbles and the kids have done something. Then we get, you know, shitty and whatever. But we we try to hang on to just be, you know, keep looking at the cross, looking at the cross, but not in a religious sense, just yeah. in a, hey, be a good person sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what a gift, I'm sure, for your children that, Tim survived the heart attack. I mean, they must be just absolutely beside themselves. They were. They they were. Look, it wasn't it, and it was it was the fifteenth of April, and um, we were celebrating our twenty oh eighth year of marriage on the sixteenth. So the kids were all coming down to Blair Gary for the weekend with their beautiful partners, and. Um, yeah, it was a totally different um, weekend with Tim in hospital and sort of us sitting at home twiddling our thumbs thinking this is, you know, Tim was alive, but, you know, the unspoken word was he might not have been. Mm. And it was just a really, uh, uh, just so unsettling, Dan. It was just a really um, a time of... Um, I know a lot of things were unsaid, but a lot of things wanted to be said, but you didn't want to say them because yeah. it was, I don't know, you like tapping into what you didn't want to know. Yeah. 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 I don't think I, I, I don't think I explained myself well then, but you know, I don't think there are some anyway, that didn't happen. Sometimes there are no words. Yeah. That's so true. Sometimes. So true. You, you think, I don't know if I properly explained myself, but you know what? There are no words to adequately explain what you felt and what you yeah. feel. Uh, and and I think yeah. that's entirely appropriate and entirely legitimate. That's fine. Let's let's talk yeah. about you this time around walking the Primitivo, the Norte, four four Caminos in one, in in one journey as, mm -hmm. it, as it were. Fantastic. When when I say to you in Blair Gowrie, which is down on the Mornington Peninsula, just outside of Melbourne. When I say yeah. to you down there, if we're having a coffee at your place, oh, I bet you're so excited about the sights and sounds of the Camino. And I'm sure you would say, I oh. can't wait for the sights and sounds of the Camino. Tell us what it means yeah. to you and, and how it moves you, the sights and sounds of the Camino. Well, I put a little, um, I put a little post um, to my little Camino friends saying I've sent you all these pictures but you don't hear the sounds of the Camino and what I love is just the birds, you get the wind in the trees, mm. just the water trickling over the little streams, the sound of your boots on the stones, the, the cow, the cowbells on their necks the the little the little gentle sort of um, chatter of the farmers and their wives sometimes yelling <laughs> in on the farms um, the jealousness of um, you know you walking in the hot sun in the afternoon and you can hear all the families with the sort of the behind their shutters all having their lunch mm. you know their their late lunch and um, 
the bell, church bells. It's just beautiful. It's really lovely. Mm-hmm. And and then you know you you do get your your no you know um, road noises as well when you have to walk along the freeways, which brings you back to reality. But mm. um, it's just beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, no, no need for music. It's just lovely. No, that's right. I'd never listen to music either. It's the sights and sounds I love as well. And I find sometimes yeah. the, with the traffic, it just helps me to concentrate, um, to be a little bit more, um, a little bit more focused on my own thoughts. It doesn't really bother me all that much. Yeah, a, a sustained walk, yeah. a sustained walk on a very busy road is is very taxing, but that happens very rarely. Um, so yeah. I, I quite often. Um, Jackie, ask my guests to give us one word to sum up the Camino. What's one word that sums up the Camino for you? Oh, I knew you'd ask me this, and I think it's freedom. Mm. I think, think it's freedom for me. Just, um, you know, there's a lot of hard work that goes into um, preparing for a Camino. Um in terms of, you know, I'm saving every week, like I saved for a year to have this holiday, put something aside every week. And, um, you know, you tick all the boxes in terms of getting everything sorted, um, the house, whatnot. And then to have this time just not to worry about the shopping, work, what's for dinner, Mm -hmm. um, bills, all the gardening, all those sorts of things, and just have time to walk and just enjoy. It's just pure freedom, and you don't you don't give yourself that in normal life. I, that's what, and and if I could sort of put adventurous freedom, that would be good. If I could have a little <laughs> second word, I'd put that Why in there not? as well. A hyphen. We'll put a hyphen yeah. in between them. <laughs> yeah, a little adventurous freedom. Yeah, and it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah. Although yesterday was not fun. Yesterday was not fun. Oh, my God, Dan, it was a day from hell. I think yesterday we did this walk, and in terms of footfall, it was the most dangerous Camino leg I'd ever been on in my whole entire life. Why? Where were you? It was so – we were up on the mountains – I forget where we left, but it shouldn't have taken us that long. But the wet, it's been so wet over here. It hasn't stopped raining. And we were just walking through slippery slate, mud, cow poo, mm. cow wee trail. And you, just, you had to watch where you put your foot because you were slipping everywhere. And, and as you know, you can – you can sort of think, yeah, I'll just trod through that. But if you fall mm. and break a, a leg or an ankle or an arm, there's your Camino gone. So it does slow you down, but it yeah. was very, very difficult. Are you walking with poles? No, I'm not walking with poles. Right. A lot of people always say, we, we use poles, but I'm such a little fiddler. I'm always fiddling with my backpack or, you know, doing something. And, and I'm thinking if I've got to carry sticks or poles, it's another thing for me to fiddle with. <laughs> you know I mean, another thing to, to bother me. <laughs> Let, let's say you're back in Australia, you're back home, 
and somehow yes. magically I'm able to rub my my genie bottle and take you back to a favorite place on the Camino. Where am I taking you? Oh, Rabinaldo Camino. Oh, I loved yeah. it there. So do I. I love it. Yeah. And I think what I loved about it, Dan, was um, I started at Leon. This was my first Camino. And I started um, from Leon, um, went to Astorgia, hooked in with like my first little Camino family who were beautiful. And then we got to Rabanal and it was just like hippie land. Everyone was, it was beautiful, sunny day, kids running around, the little, you know, the little shops selling coffee con leche and you know, cakes and everything. And we stayed in this albergue and I had never sort of done that sort of thing before. And it was just so free and easy and everyone was sitting on the grass. Some people were playing guitars. Um, I don't think it was you, although I think we were there the same year on the Camino. Right. Um, Hanging out there washing. It was just magic. And I walked up to the little church there and interestingly enough, you spoke to that lovely um, – German priest. Oh yeah, yeah. Was there? He had made a little cross, and we spoke for a time, you know, in you know broken Spanish English, and I've still got that little cross, and it means so much to me. And I was really touched when I heard your podcast with him. I'm like, that's the same, the same priest. Um, But I think that yeah. Rabbanal was magic that day. It was just beautiful. Yeah. Just beautiful. How wonderful. So I think I think Rabbanal. Yeah, I love Rabbanal. That's where Rabbanal. I met my friend Jenny Heesh and and I sang songs in yes. the parlor of the of the Refugio Gorkelmo and we had my friend Igor's birthday there the following year. No, it's wonderful, wonderful place. And it's also a wonderful place because the very first time I was there, I woke up and walked off and I didn't realize that I was going to hit the cruise de Ferro the next day. And so walking yeah. out of there the first time was a wonderful surprise. The second time I had this great anticipation of being there and that was a really, yeah. really special day for me. You know, it's a wonderful, wonderful place. You were right. A beautiful place. What would you say to somebody right now who's listening, Jackie, who's new to the podcast and they're thinking of walking the Camino? Oh, what everyone else says to them, Dan, just do it. Just do it. Don't be scared. Um, I knew this question was coming and, and I said to Tim yesterday, I'm pretty sure Dan's going to ask me this question. Um, you know, do you think everyone can walk do the Camino? And, and he said, absolutely, yes, of course. You know, if you've got, you know, you're struggling with, you know, your legs or hips or something, you can, it doesn't matter how you do the Camino, you can take a bus, a bit of a taxi, you know, you can walk two kilometres and then take a bus. You know, you can carry your own pack or you can get, you know, a taxi to take it to your albergue or hotel. I think everyone um, deserves just to enjoy the spirit of this of this amazing um, place and it doesn't matter how you do it and you shouldn't be judged how you do it either. So, yes, everyone can do it, everyone. And you've probably heard of people in wheelchairs being pushed. Of course, yeah. Um, 
everyone can do it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think the world would be a happier place if they did. My friend Melanie just finished uh, another I'll Push You Camino. There's another group of um, wonderful pilgrims who, who pushed people in wheelchairs and took blind people and took people who needed help, and they've just finished not long ago. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful Camino angels doing doing just wonderful work. Yeah. They are true Camino angels because it's tough enough sometimes getting yourself yeah. through days. But yeah. to get someone else through the day as well is just amazing. Yeah, what a blessing. Tell us a Camino story, Jackie. Oh, okay. I've, I have a lot, but I have one that's pretty special. On my second Camino, I was started at St. John, um, St. Jean Pierre de Port, and I was walking up, up the hill and I could see all the pilgrims in front of me. And I could see this uh, in the distance, someone that wasn't moving very fast and finally got up to them and there was a a gentleman very, um, he's very upset with himself. He seemed, um, I said, oh, do you want some help? And I couldn't, he was that out of breath, couldn't even understand him. He sort of shooed me away and he had his backpack sort of slung over his shoulder and it was open and he had stuff falling out of it and he was, you know, without being disrespectful, he was a very large man and, and he pushed me away and I, I said, no, no, come on, it's okay. And I, and, he, and he eventually said, I'm English. So he, he spoke perfect English. He wasn't, you know, Spanish. I said, come on, take your backpack off, I'll help you. I gave him some water and... I said, it helps if you talk. So I sort of stuck with him for a while and we ended up, um, his name was um, Matt and uh, he was the most beautiful person like um, to meet, so intelligent, wise, um, thoughtful. And we, I helped him that day and um, we walked for three or four or five days and we're still friends. We still keep in contact. Um, but he sort of has always said to me, if it wasn't for you saving me that day, he goes, I would have caught the walked, got the bus back down mm. and, and gone back to England because I wouldn't have um, continued on. And he just, after the first few days, he just was a tower of power. He just loved it. You know, we had to stop a lot and I just sort of slow my pace. But, he has, um, you know, over the course of, you know, seven, eight years now, he's finally finished the Camino and he, he's a writer. And uh, he wrote this book and it was, he sent me a book from England and it was a privilege to, to read the book because um, I don't like being the centre of attention. I, I find it quite uncomfortable. And he, the first chapter was, had a lot about me in it and how I helped him. And I, I read the whole book and I loved it. And I, it wasn't until I got to the very, very end of the book, I just burst into tears because he said, um, Jacqueline saved me that day. And if it sort of wasn't for her, I wouldn't I wouldn't have done all these Caminos and finished in Santiago all these years later. And he goes, stupid me. He said, I should have realised that Jacqueline, he is the female form of Iago in Spanish, which is James. And he goes, it was St. James. You were St. James all along. 
And I just burst into tears. And I don't think anyone has ever, apart from my husband, has said anything so touching and um, beautiful to me. And the, the ironic thing is um, this on this pilgrimage, I left Iran and I left the, the little um, very um, crappy, hotel I was staying in I couldn't wait to get out of there and I was just rushed and I I hadn't I'm always prepared and have food and water and I left the little hotel and I I didn't have anything and I thought I'll get it on the way you know what it's like Dan there's always a little shop open there was nothing so I got to the first day out of um Irun and uh walking to San Sebastian and I was on top of the hill. I was very um, hungry, very dehydrated and I was actually wobbling when I was walking. Mm. I knew I wasn't, I wasn't in a good space. And Jeremy, this, this lovely, exactly the same equivalent of, of Matt said, are you okay? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I'll be fine. He's like, no, you're not okay. He goes Sit down. And he took the camel's hump out of his backpack and just sort of poured it into my mouth and spoon-fed me peanut butter and beef jerky. And um, <laughs> and I thought, there you go, there you go. He's, it's my good turn that day turned into another good turn. So I think I don't know where Jeremy ended up. Um, he was doing an organic pilgrimage. He was just going wherever. But... I thought that was a little Camino story Yeah, that was like you give a gift and one day the gift is returned. Yeah. That's my Camino story, Dan. That's so fabulous. Jackie, oh, my gosh. What a wonderful interview. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for reaching oh. out to me and thank you for your enthusiasm and light and your honesty. You've been very honest with us in this discussion. And I want to say to Tim, I can hear him in the background there. Walk on to He's both of you. just walking the room. Yeah, yeah, walk on to both of you. I'm sure you have many, many adventures ahead of you. From me and from all of my listeners, I say to you, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. And Buen Camino. Thanks, Dan. Buen Camino to you too. My guest this week was the Australian pilgrim, Jacqueline Donahue. My quote this week was from Walter Anderson, the Baltic German folklorist, who said... It's only when we take chances when our lives improve. The initial and the most difficult risk that we need to take is to become honest. A very special shout out to my Patreon sponsors. You can sponsor the podcast by visiting patreon.com forward slash Dan Mullins. Thanks for your company this week and every week. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Somewhere. 